0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to build smart now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. My name is Mark Page, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 355, Disrupting Education and the Construction Industry with Gary Vermas, CEO of Stonepile Construction College. This episode of Entre Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM specifications, and so much more and Monograph, the time tracking and project management tool built for architects by architects. Gary Vermas, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast.
1: Good morning, Mark. Uh, super excited to be here.
0: This is, this is going to be a very exciting conversation. You and I have talked before offline and I am super excited about what you're doing in, 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 in everything you're doing. And so let's, let's talk about uh, about you a little bit. Dr. Gary Vermas is founder and CEO of Base Four and Stonepile Construction College. Gary earned his PhD and master's in engineering mechanics from Columbia University, master's and BS degree in, in structural engineering from Lehigh University, and is licensed as a professional engineer in 48 states of the United States. He has authored numerous publications, provided expert testimony in his field, and currently leads base for and Stone Pile Construction College as Chief Executive Officer. And I could go on and on and on, but Gary, I want you to share your origin story because you have a very interesting origin story. Let's go back to the beginning. How did this all start for you? Share the story from where you discovered your passion to where you find yourself today.
1: Well, well Mark, I can go way back. 1925, my uh, <laughs> great-grandfather, Johan Vermas, came from the <laughs> Netherlands to the United States and he built the construction company. He called it Vermas Company. He was a mason. He laid brick and block, and he was a very talented guy. His son, my grandfather, uh, and then there, my, my grandfather's son, my father, took the company over, Vermas Company. So I grew up, uh, from when I was a child, just in construction, immersed. I mean, my father ran Vermas Construction Company. They, it was in northern New Jersey. And they built, uh, you know, anywhere between one and five story buildings. They did concrete, uh, masonry, uh, whether it was brick or block. And they, he was just, you know, they, it was an awesome company, it had a hundred men or so. And I was out there pouring concrete, tying rebar, building forms, laying block. I, I wasn't very good at laying brick. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, and I was doing all of those things. And I was just super in love with construction. I mean, I was just had a passion. I wanted to be on the site, loved the people, loved everything about it I mean just I knew from day one what I wanted to do with my life so you know I I I was going to graduate high school and go into the family business I had no plans of going to college that wasn't really in my family DNA and my father said to me hey you know you're not dumb you should probably go to school go to college uh he said you know we have money we can afford to send you to college I don't need you right now but why don't you go so I, I went to my guidance counselor in high school and I said I want to go to college and I want to study construction. Well, she didn't know. So she opened up her big book and she said, I think you want to be a civil engineer. No lie. 17 years old. It's the first time I ever heard the word civil engineer. I said, okay, civil engineer equals construction done. I said, what's the best five schools in, in within a 90 mile drive. Cause I got to come back and work, uh, you know, to go to, and she said, well, uh, the best school for a civil engineer, according to this rating is Lehigh university. And I said, no problem, I'll go there. She said, well, you have to apply. I said, okay, <laughs> nope, no problem. I said, I, I'll get in. So I, I, I applied to that school, uh, actually one of the only ones, early admission. They got. They let me in and I knew, all right, that's where I'm going. And so uh, I did go to Lehigh for four years. I uh, loved, loved engineering. And on my senior year of, of being at college, my father comes to, the, to where I was living and he said, I got some good news and some bad news. I said, well, what's the good news? He said, the good news is I'm retired. And I said, Uh-oh. <laughs> "Uh Oh, I said, what's the bad news? He said, the bad news is I sold the company and you need to go get a job. And I was like, what? I mean, my plans
0: life, derailed.
1: Uh, yeah. My whole life of taking over the business. And my dad said, you're too smart to just be a con a subcontractor. And I said that that's not true. This is what I want to do in my life. He said, go be a professional. So I, uh, He's, uh, I actually did really well in college, so I got a, a full scholarship to get my master's degree at Lehigh, uh, and I stayed there for another year, finished my master's degree, uh, got out, uh, took a job in, in, in New York City designing cranes and temporary shoring for a large construction company in Manhattan. And so all we did uh, was just design of shoring for buildings, railway, and that kind of thing. And and I did that job for about uh, one year. Uh, that was about 2000. Um, two to three uh, and then after that uh, I actually uh, you know what was happening I, I was in New York and I was walking at Columbia University you know Ivy League school incredible school right and I'm walking on the campus with my girlfriend now now my wife she had gone there and I said I want to go see the lab so uh, she said you know you're you're a dork right like <laughs> who <laughs> wants to do that on a date and I said I want to go see the lab so I walk into the the engineering lab and I'm walking around and not supposed to be there you know I waited for someone to buzz us in I snuck in and I'm walking around I'm looking at everything and their professor was there and the the professor said to me you know who are you and I told him uh, and he uh, he said well I'd like to read your thesis sometime because I did my thesis on uh, some structural uh, stuff he was a structural professor I said sure sometime I thought he was being nice he said can you give me this master's degree today I said yeah so I had to go to kinko's back then get it printed Uh, And, you know, there was no electronic copies. So I bring it to him that afternoon. That evening, that professor calls me and he said, I want to offer you a full ride for your Ph.D. to Columbia University. Uh, And it was the first week of September. He said, you see, someone from China didn't come, and he was about to lose the spot, and he needed a qualified person to take that funding. And I, I said, what? I said, when do you want me to start, January? He said, no, you need to start tomorrow. Class has already been in session for a week. So I came down the next day uh, and I filled out the application, never took a GRE, never really did the application, no essay. He walked me through to the dean. We stamped it all, and I was a a full-time PhD student with a full scholarship to an Ivy League school overnight. Uh, So that's how I got going there. I did that for five years, uh, and then that let, you know, and it just, I thought I wanted to go into academia and then realized I was way too much of an entrepreneur. To do academia, uh, you know, I banged my head against the wall for five years, finished my degree, and then in 2003 I got out, I took my tests, got my license, uh, moved to Florida for personal reasons, and I interviewed there uh, with many companies to get an engineering job. And everyone I ent- interviewed with, I thought I could do this. Um, you know, I, I I could definitely do engineering. Like, what? Why am I working for someone else? So I got my license. Um, and I just went out and, and started to try to win work. And, you know, I had never designed anything, uh, you know, I mean, except for in the, in the construction field and, you know, PhD. But, you know, houses, I was going out and getting in Florida, you need a structural engineer to do design of houses. So I'm going out and I'm, I'm getting these jobs from these architects. I have no idea what to charge, none. And I'm like, what do you think? I'm like, how about 9,000? The guy's like, whoa, that's way too high. <laughs> and I was like, so what price do you think? And he said, uh, how about 4,000? I said, all right, deal. You know, <laughs> I, I, had, I had, had to figure out the market rate, had to figure everything out. So that went, that went pretty well. Uh, and, and I started figuring that all out and understanding how to design drawings. And I was getting busier and busier because uh, I was able to sell. And I decided I, I have to hire some people. This is back in 2005 or four in, in Florida, and it was booming, and you couldn't hire anybody. And so I remember I had all these friends from China uh, at my my PhD and they had moved back to China. So I talked to them and I said, hey, I need to hire three people from China. Uh, and, And I had a friend from Guangzhou and he said, no problem. I said, can you find me three engineers? And so in 2003, he did. And I hired three guys from Guangzhou. And that's how I started my firm. And I think I was the first, one of the first engineers to start doing outsourcing, yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, well, you know, it was called uh, it, we call it work sharing now or whatever you want to go back then it was called outsourcing. And I was actually had my office that was just a one room office and it was in the building of an IT company and they were using people from around the they were doing the work share thing. It just had come out. Uh, and I said, okay, I can do the same thing. And so I, this is before Skype. I mean, I was, I was using Yahoo chat digital cameras had just come out so I could take pictures. I would mark up by hand take digital pictures. We would email them through, uh, they spoke mostly Chinese, so they had to translate everything. Uh, and then they were doing AutoCAD and sending it back. And I was doing the calcs, uh, and, and we kind of took off. Uh, that was 2003. By 2006, I had a hundred people working for me. Uh, in three <laughs> years I had, uh, 80, uh, people, uh, well, actually even more 110. I had 80 people in, in China. I had 20 people in India, And I had 10 people in the U S and we were doing uh, all structural and mechanical electrical plumbing engineering. We had kind of graduated. So that that's the story in a nutshell. And I can talk for hours as you know, Mark, about (laughs) all of those things. Uh, So, yeah, so I'd be happy to answer any questions about, about that. So,
0: so so you started your firm, 130 people. Where, where what year was that?
1: So I started in 2003 by myself by 2006, Right. I was about 130 people, 100, you know, between 110 and 130 in 2006, and I had offices uh, all through Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, Tampa, uh, West Palm. We had we had built five offices in in Florida.
0: And is that the same company as Base Four is today?
1: No, I actually sold that company. The you know 2008, the re- Great Recession hit. Yeah. Uh, and just took me out. We were doing. Um, we, you know, we were doing, uh, condos, lots of condos. And, and I remember that day, the phone just stopped ringing and then people just didn't pay. Uh, I went from being a, a multimillionaire uh, within two months to being a uh, million dollars in debt. Oh. And so it was, uh, and I was the poorest I'd ever been in my life. I had owed so much money. I had a, you know, we had a huge payroll. I didn't let go of people fast enough. I was an immature businessman. Uh, I didn't downsize correctly. I didn't understand the, the, gravity of what had happened. Uh, and and I, I basically got myself into a, a mess. Uh, and then in 2009, I sold that firm. It had got whittled down to about 40 people. But I had all the licenses in China, in India. I had worked around the world. I had perfected this outsourcing thing. Yeah, So you well, had some sold, assets. Yeah. So I sold that IP to a 4,000-person engineering firm in, in Canada. And that sale price covered my debt. And then it was 2009, you know, I, I, I'm 38 years old or whatever. Uh, and I had zero dollars in the bank. And that was the richest I'd ever been in my life. I thought, surely I, I, I can start over now.
0: So basically starting at zero. So that sale covered your, your debt. So you, you had no more debt. and But now you're at, you're at zero again. So, yeah. so that was when, 2010, somewhere around there?
1: That was 2010. And so what I did is I actually, uh, I, had, I lost everything. I lost my house, my cars, everything. I had, I had no money. I had three children and I was broke. So I came home and I told my wife, I said, listen, pack, you know, and I had gotten an offer in Qatar, the Middle East, Doha. And I told my wife, we're going to Doha. She said, where, where the heck is Doha? You know, and I said, uh, so I told her, buy 10 duffel bags. And, and I told the kids, everybody gets two duffel bags and you pack them. And we packed our duffel bags, and then we had an estate sale. And we sold everything in the house, everything. I had nothing left except for those 10 duffel bags. Uh, and we moved to, to Doha for a year and I worked there and I was able to make enough money. There was no taxes. It was a zero tax situation. I put away some money. I cleared up all the rest of my debt. I was back to zero and I, I was free. And I, then I, I actually won a contract. Uh, during that time, I was building base four in my mind, setting up the website bringing the whole band back together. Cause I knew the idea we had come up with that the work sharing model was going to work. Yeah. It was very successful. We just got beat by the depression or rather by, by yeah, by the recession. Uh, so I started building it all up. Uh, and at the same time, I won a contract at that time when I was in Qatar for the PEO, the private engineering office of the Emir, and uh, the Emir now, you know, the, the, the king of Qatar. And it was a 450, a million dollar palace in Morocco. And because I had great connections in Morocco and great connections around the world, I was able to secure this contract with a $2 million design contract, the first contract that base 4 one. And, uh, you know, and so that was a great start. I came home, quit my job. And, and basically, I think I had $20,000 in the bank. And I told my wife, here we go again. You know, we lived in a rented apartment, three kids. It was a $800 a month or $1,000 a month, and, and I had uh, enough money to pay. I remember I, I, I hired 20 people back in India, or 10, I'm sorry, 10 people back in India, and I had enough money in my bank account to pay one month, uh, and I said, all right, we got to get some small jobs because I got to make payroll next month, and that's kind of the way I, I, I lived, you know, and, 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 and it, from there, you know, we built base four to now, you know, almost 300 architects and engineers around the world. Uh, doing so ten, year, of- 10
0: years later, essentially, so you went from zero to where you are today, 10 years. Uh, where are you today? What is Base4 and, and how big is it and what do you do?
1: So Base4 is almost, well, we got up to about almost 300 architects and engineers around the world. We started architecture in 2014. Uh, and so we have, uh, you know, architecture, structure, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, lighting, fire protection, fire alarm, and interior designing. We uh, have a staff of about 15 people in the U.S. We've got a huge office in India, office in, in Tbilisi, Georgia, which is old USSR, uh, and Dominican Republic. We have a great office there down in DR. And uh, we we did, for a long time, hotels. We were designed, we are the largest limited select service hotel designer in America, from, from my calculation, I think. And we designed about 80 hotels a year, and that was up, you know, up to a couple of years ago. And then we... Uh, Two years ago, got into IC, the industrialization of construction. We were able to read the tea leaves and understand the cost of construction has gone up 5% a year for the last six years. Uh, Everybody was complaining about the cost of construction. We would walk onto the job site. There was nobody there. There was nobody working. They couldn't find people to work. There was no Americans left working. Uh, And it was just kind of all going sideways. And we realized, man, this has got to get fixed. So we jumped into IC, industrialization of construction. DFMA, design for uh, manufacturing and assembly, uh, modular, prefab, offsite, all of that. We dove into that and we decided we're gonna be the architects that handle the logistics, architects and engineers, that handle the logistics from day one to CO. Uh, Not just our little design piece, we're gonna walk our clients from all the way through, where then we got connected with all the factories throughout the US, uh, you know, connected with every process. So, you know, we'll start a volumetric modular job, The first question we'll ask is, what is the shipping width of the state? You know, what is the super load charge? I mean, all of those logistics we handle, not just the design piece. So we've become kind of, now we are famous in the hotel sector. Now we're becoming famous in this DFMA IC space, which has led us to some huge contracts and kept us alive uh, and done well through COVID, uh, even through COVID when the hotel sector collapsed. And if we hadn't made that pivot, we would have been pretty much out of business. I mean, that, that
0: was the first thought that I had when you said hotels, and then you started talking about IC on how how that has been such a fortunate shift in your model uh, that at this point, you are you can still focus on hotels, but you have this other uh, focus now that, that can be applied to pretty much any building uh, process. We will return to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entrez Architect, RCAT and Monograph. RCAT.com has been assisting architecture professionals in their search for the best products for their projects for nearly 30 years. Starting as a printed desktop reference with listings in manufacturers catalogs, RCAT has evolved into the number one most used website for finding building product information. Today, RCAT is an invaluable tool for AEC professionals, offering a powerful product search engine that's backed up by up-to-date CAD, BIM, and specifications. And just as it was in 1991, today, RCAT offers all of this at no cost to their users and without requiring any registration. It's free. Visit entrearchitect.com slash RCAT today and see why architecture professionals have leveraged the power of RCAT for three decades. entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. That's entrearchitect.com slash A-R-C-A-T. Spreadsheets, spreadsheets. Are you tired of using spreadsheets to keep track of your project plans, your budgets, your staff, your time? Our friends at Monograph know what that's like because they're architects too. They know all about that spreadsheet mess that you're dealing with. So they did something about it. Monograph is a time tracking and project management tool built for architects by architects to respond to the challenges that small and medium-sized firms face on their quest to a profitable business. With Monograph's integrated suite of tools, you'll stay on track and on budget without the overhead of wrangling spreadsheets every day. Improve your firm's operations today. Try Monograph. Try it for free at entrearchitect.com slash monograph. Ditch the spreadsheets. Visit entrearchitect.com slash monograph and try Monograph right now for free. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entre Architect community you know i see a theme here (laughs) uh do you do you do you this is this may be a personal question it may take us off off uh rail a a little bit but but do you believe in divine intervention
1: i do um i'm I'm actually kind of a spiritual guy um i have 12 children 10 of my children are adopted i have three from uh china one from india six from the philippines you know as we and two biological and as we traveled the world Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of wives collect purses and shoes. My, my wife collects
0: kids.
1: (laughs) And so now I live in in Tennessee. I have 12 children. I mean, entertaining more as well. Um, and, and, you know, we try to give back. We try to, we try to do the right thing and give back. And, uh, yeah, I I feel like I've been blessed all my life. Um, I've never felt like I've had a hard day, you know, even though I've had, you know, some pretty rough ones, uh, and, and things always work out. Uh, my wife thinks I'm the luckiest human alive, you know? the PhD story,
0: right? Yeah, well, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at PhD. You walk into Columbia and the and the professor that day says, give me your thesis. That night, you have a full ride to Columbia. Then you have your debt, you know, and the sale in 2010, the sale takes care of your debt, right? You're in this, this place where you're never digging out of this, right? And then you make the sale. The sale comes from Canada. You have enough to start over and you start over in 2010 then you build base 4 base 4 builds comes into this becomes this massive company that takes over the world of hotel building and for some reason you decide that you're going to shift all of that focus from hotels to IC years before covid hits covid hits the hotel business goes away essentially for now anyway yes and you're still s- successfully in business because you shifted away from that focus to a new focus
1: that's right uh yeah so uh, it's been uh, my wife says i'm the luckiest guy alive uh i i do a lot of uh, praying you know uh, and yeah i do believe in divine I, I i've been handed handed incredible i mean my life's been totally blessed uh and that's why we you know we gave back and, and and adopt kids we try to figure out what's the most effective way that we could go help people and i joined every organization you could join and pulled back the curtain and was disgusted really in every situation and said fine, I'm just going to do it myself. I didn't want more kids. I had two, I was done. Uh, there was no hole in my heart that said, I want to have more children. Uh, but I said, what's the most effective way to help a human? And that is go find one that no one wants, bring them into your home and and love them like your own. And and it's been a great reward actually. So now we have 20, uh, 12 kids between the ages of seven and 20 and and they're all doing pretty well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have an amazing story. Um, I, another question sort of in that same line, do you believe your success is, is uh, from that divine intervention or is it come from you with the confidence that you're backed up, right? You have, you have, you feel, cause this is how I feel. That's why I'm bringing this up. Um, do you feel that you can make choices and live with certainty that this is going to work out because this isn't about me. This is about something bigger than me and I'm just doing what I need to do and keep moving forward. Is your success from that mentality or do you think it's really just luck?
1: I, I think it's a lot of mentality. I think success is, is the intersection of what you love, what you're good at and what the market needs. Uh, the market demand. I, I'm a, I'm a full blown capitalist. I believe in capital. I know that's a dirty word these days. Um, not, he, not here. Uh, but I believe in capitalism because I believe the market is, is the, the only free way. To, so I think you got to really assess what do I love to do? Okay. Secondly, what am I good at? Like get some real input. I'm good at construction. I'm good at leading people. I'm not good at running Revit. I don't run Revit in my firm, right? I don't do AutoCAD. That's not my strength. I'm good at leading, and I'm good at construction. I'm good at big vision. And the market—what does the market need? The market needs uh, design services faster, better, cheaper. They do. I, you know, we architects aren't known for moving quickly, uh, and they're not. Mo- and their prices almost never go down, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. And so when I walked into the market, I knew. I'm, what is the intersection I think success is the intersection of those three things and that's the cards i played since I was 12.
0: Yeah yeah so we didn't get into stone pile and I want to talk about stone pile so so you build base four and I and if if it's okay I would love for you to come back and dive deeper into industrialization of construction because I think that is a topic that needs its own time where we can Pull that apart and understand how that's coming, how the, how that's going. Because I want to I want to get into Stonepile because Stonepile interests me so much. Stonepile is a it's Stonepile Construction College, uh, it's a it's a private online higher education institution. You offer three degrees: associate degree in applied science in construction, a bachelor's degree in applied applied science in construction management, and a master's of applied science in prefabrication modular and offsite construction. Where did stone pile come from and and what is it so we can
1: okay. sort of I'll I'll give you this quick when we, you know when we started base 4 our name was based on four values that's where base 4 comes from humility honesty respect and fun that's what base 4 is all about and then we had a uh, we you know we hired an executive coach a, a lady with two PhDs and she, her job was to make sure that our leadership development program was was entra- was awesome every one of our uh, people went through leadership development, and, and all the executives have a full-time executive coach. And they and her leadership program that she put in was called Servant Leadership Model. So we use a Servant Leadership Model, and that's how we train. And then we came up with a training department. Because our intellectual property, as an architect and engineer, your intellectual property are the brains of the people that work for you. That is your IP. And you have to be able to train them quickly. Our industry is completely broken in the sense that we still use the mentor-mentee method. Just like the candlestick maker and the blacksmith, you know, older person teaches younger person and by osmosis, they walk together and our firm, our our industry still believes that's the right way. It's not. It's not the right way. It's 200 years old. It needs to be thrown out. So we came up with the training department and we came up with a five touch point way to train somebody. Uh, You know, we use we use a blog system. We don't use email. Email is antiquated. It's not a technology anymore. We use a blog system. Uh, So we have message boards for the departments. We have classes that people have to write and then take. Everyone must take a certain number of credits in order to get their bonus, which they're usually happy to do. Uh, They have quizzes and tests. We have uh, bases of design uh, that you start any project with. And then you have checklists and then you have SOPs. So uh, standard operating procedure. So if somebody is following those kind of five touch points of SOP, checklist, message board, quizzes, and, and, and classes, they're gonna learn very quickly. That's a great way to transfer. So actually I can bring somebody in anywhere in the world and within three to four weeks, they can be productive and profitable based on our business model. And, it, and that's, we,
0: all, that's all inside base four. That's, That's all inside point.
1: base four. When we realized, holy crow, this needs to be done in the construction world. Because every day we deal in our construction administration with contractors. And uh, the general contractors and the project managers on the field have getting worse, worse and worse. The last 15 years, the RFIs that we get are ridiculous. I mean, crazy. Like it is it, beyond way beyond means and methods. We need a detail for this. We don't know how to do that. we They're literally asking for Lego-type instructions, step one, step two, step three. I've gotten RFIs that said, please translate this to Spanish and Polish because no one on the site speaks English. You know, basics. like And so we said, this has got to stop. And when you watch the cost of construction going up for five, six years, that's what's pushing us into IC. There's also a huge shortage of skilled leadership and labor in our department that's where stonepile came from we took that that all those ideas and said you know what we need to train the industry we need to go back give back now the problem is if you're in high school and someone says do you want to go into construction first of all no one says that your guidance counselor will never tell you that uh, because they don't even understand what's going on like my guidance counselor didn't even know 20 years ago uh, they won't tell you that but then if you do want to go into construction the only option you have is a certificate program. I'm gonna learn how to be a welder. I'm gonna learn how to be an HVAC. You can't even really get a degree in associate's or bachelor's degree in construction, which is unbelievable to me because can, you can get a degree in communication, uh, you know, but you can't get a degree in construction and there's nothing more difficult than construction, right? I, it's really hard. So what we did is we teamed up with the NCCER, the National Construction uh, Council of N- Education and Research, They put out all of the, the manuals, the modules for training those certificate programs. And we took all of their, they have have hundreds and hundreds of books how to weld, how to build a form, how to pour concrete, fantastic stuff. Teamed up with them and said, you know what, we're going to offer degrees, an associate's degree, bachelor's degree, and a master's degree. Spent the last year and a half working with the state of Tennessee. We got authorized by the state of Tennessee. Now we're working on our accreditation with the distance learning accreditation uh, council and we're we're working with them. And so basically we we've decided that we're gonna stone Pile is gonna stand at the intersection of tradesmen, architects, design and codes, engineer mechanical me- mechanics and principles, manufacturing and products. So construction really is the intersection of those five things, which are actually very difficult. Engineering and building code, I'll say it again, architecture and engine and building codes, engineering mechanics, tradesmen, knowing how to build things, manufacturing and products, knowing all the products and you as a construction person and an architect, you're supposed to know all of that information, right? That's what people expect you to know all of that. And they're like, well, you graduated from college. And when you're in college, they don't teach you any of that. Right. And so that's where uh stone pile stands at the intersection of all those things. So we we're trying to disrupt two industries, disrupt the construction industry and also disrupt the higher education. Yeah. Industry. Yep. Two incredibly broken industries. I mean, the cost of college nowadays is stupid, uh, and, and and parents are looking at that and saying, "No way!" And so we said, "We're going to offer a low, low, uh, a low cost, high value. We're going to guarantee our kids. Um, you know, that come out. I'd say kids. There are also a lot of adults. I should say that. We're going to guarantee them jobs. We've got incredible sponsors: Mitsubishi, Train, Aeon, uh, guys like that, lining up saying, "We'll do whatever it takes to help you." I mean, you even got a call from Marriott. Uh, uh, staff that talking to us about this as well. And so they're saying, Hey, we're, we're going to help you do this. Uh, because that's how important it is to us.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is, this is something that is so needed. My son, my, my 15, I have two sons and a daughter. Um, I have one son who is currently at Syracuse university, ridiculously expensive. Um, I have a 15 year old who is a junior in high school and, uh, and he's looking at schools. He doesn't want to go to school. Right. He's a maker. He loves to be in his shop building things. He is perfectly positioned for what you're talking about because he is very, very intelligent. He he built a boat when he was seven, like a real boat.
1: (laughs) That's great. And the great thing is, Stonepile is we have three semesters a year. We don't take a break for the summer. Starts on September one, January one, May one. Someone could come into that program and work around the clock, get a bachelor's degree in two and a half years. I mean, that's incredible. And the total cost for associate's degree is 12,000. And the total cost for bachelor's degree is 24,000. I mean, that is the lowest cost. And then we're saying, we'll guarantee you, if you do well and graduate, we'll guarantee you a job. And that job that if you get a four-year degree, the the median income starting for a construction manager uh, is $70,000 a year. And I, I would argue that while you're doing this, you should probably go get a job. And if you could get a job in construction, that would fulfill your practicum credit. So now you're working, you know, maybe part-time or full-time, you're doing, you put yourself through school, you're graduating with zero debt or very little, and you're starting at $70,000 a year. And we're teaching not only the hard skills, the intersection of those five things, we're also teaching a lot of soft skills, leadership, you know, values, ethics, understanding what leadership is all about, you know, how to market yourself. You know, we've teamed up with LinkedIn Learning, LinkedIn Learning has a lot of the videos that we're using. So the kids are gonna have a LinkedIn account. They're gonna learn how to soft skills of marketing themselves. Uh, we've teamed up with Bluebeam. They're gonna understand all the technology of Bluebeam. Autodesk, we've teamed up with Revit. They're gonna, we're, we're teaming up with them. Uh, so, and we've teamed up with learn.net, which is an online library. Everything is online. These kids are gonna come out of college with a toolbox. All of these modules, I mean, there's gonna be a digital toolbox, it'll be a thumb drive, really. All of these modules are gonna know how to search codes. They're gonna know how to search this, this information. They're gonna know how to do digital markups on Bluebeam. They're gonna know how to use a platform like Basecamp. Uh, they're gonna know all this stuff. They're gonna be a huge asset when they walk into the trailer or the office. Uh, right, day right. one. And I think, and I've got GCs calling me saying, hey, do you have students yet? And no, we just started and, and they're saying, send them to us uh, and, I, and I'm excited. I'm hoping that we can boast 100% uh, job placement as well.
0: Yeah. And, and you can, and, and you can fulfill that gap of, of, uh, missing leadership and proper management in the field, yes. right? That, that, that problem becomes solved that way. And you become a model for that missing population that's not being addressed. Like my son, who, who is very smart but doesn't want to go to college for engineering. That's not where his mind is. His mind is he wants to make stuff, right? But but he doesn't want to go to trade school, right? Or he doesn't want to just go get a job. He wants to go to college that fulfills the things that he wants to do, but there's no college out there that does that, right? right. And so by building out a college like this, it becomes a model for other industries to do similar things for this same this same demographic because there is a tremendous number of, of people who the education system has failed because it's so um, it's so uh, regulated. So it's it's one system for everybody in the population, and if you fit within that system, then you succeed in in education. And if you don't fit within that system, no matter how intelligent you are, you'll fail in that system. And so, I
1: mean, the the, uh, the higher education system is a very simple knowledge transfer. One person has the knowledge, and they lecture, and then they, you read. Right? This is the same process that socrates and plato used right that hasn't changed in thousands of years uh so they're using an antiquated system that works for some people but nowadays with everything moving so quickly that process is so incredibly outdated we are not an online school that you watch lectures not at all we're using that same five touch point system then you go to trade if you go out in the field as a tradesman they're using the mentor mentee method that you know from from the time of romans right that's how they trade tradesmen they're also outdated. So again, we're disrupting both of those industries using yep. the newest latest teachings. And I think, uh, you know, I believe our students will be the top notch and we're going to start attracting real talent to the industry. Like Google did, like Facebook did, like Amazon is doing right. Right? Track, And when we start attracting that, we're going to start seeing some real change in the industry. Everybody wants real change. We need to change. We need to change. Until you bring these kids in, you will see no change. Right. <laughs> Until we start stealing people from Google. And then people start realizing the monetary benefits. Hey, I can go and I can run a crew of plumbers and I'll make a hundred grand a year when I'm 23. (laughs) That's not even a problem. That's not even a stretch in in where I live, right? Uh, And and then, and we're teaching these kids QuickBooks. That's their accounting class. They're going to learn. They're going to learn how to start up a company. They're going to learn what an S Corp is. They're going to understand all these basics, whether they want to go work for someone or work for themselves. Uh, And I think that's how we're going to change the industry.
0: So you're addressing the entrepreneurism and the business side of it as well.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. we we want to teach these kids. We want to give them the whole tool belt. They're going to come out and they're going to be successful. Um, and, and they're going to learn how to do it again, as the industry grows, I see kind of demands that we all kind of get together. I mean, the fragmentation is the biggest problem, but what we need is a lot of startups. We need startups like, you know, like, like uh, Bill Gates did years ago, like Amazon did, like Bezos did, like Zuckerberg did. We need those people in our industry.
0: Right, right. So, so what's, when's your first enrollment? When's, what's the plan um, to have la- the first class? Class
1: starts on September 1st this year. Uh, we have about 55 students signed up and ready to go. Uh, so yeah, and we're enrolling more as we speak.
0: So it's open enrollment right now, So, right? right. So, if, yep. so if you are interested or you know somebody who is interested, the website is stonepile.us, stonepile.us. Uh, go check it out. Um, Gary is also available for any questions at uh, at Base Four, so you can go to base um and you can just you can email him directly there if you have any questions about anything that we talked about today. Um, Gary, this is this is every time I talk to you, I I am so motivated and inspired to continue what I'm doing here, uh, and so excited about what you're doing because I think that uh, you and I have very similar mindsets where. We're thinking way beyond what's happening right now and looking into the future and saying, how do we get to where we need to go? Um, and then we're breaking it all down and, and, and making things happen. We're not waiting for others to do it. We're just going forward and doing it. Um, so I appreciate you for what you're doing with the construction industry and being a leader in the, in the construction industry. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you the one question that I ask everybody. Uh, what is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow?
1: If I was talking to any small owner of an architecture firm, I think the one thing they have to do is they have to focus on Revit. They've got to get a team of people in their office that know Revit, that understand Dynamo. Dynamo is the language you program language Revit with. They've got to get some super nerds in that office to really understand that is the future. Revit, BIM 360, Forge, which is the cloud data program. That is the future of our industry. And that's the only way you're gonna be able to slide into ic or dfma uh if you're still using cad you're probably left behind now um there's no way you're going to build anything that someone else can take and and move forward and so i would say that would be the number one thing is research those things revit uh, forge BIM 360 and get there as soon as possible
0: very very interesting yep his name is Dr. Gary Vermas. You can learn more about Stonepile at stonepile.us. You can learn more about and and contact Gary at base-4.com. We will have both of those links on our show notes. Gary, thank you very much for what you're doing in the industry. And thank you for joining us today here and sharing your knowledge at Entree Architect Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. It's been awesome. I appreciate uh, all that you're doing. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you.
0: You've been listening to episode 355 with Gary Vermas. If you'd like to access the show notes or share this episode with a friend, the link is entrearchitect.com slash episode 355. I am so inspired by Gary and what he's doing and his story about how he found his way to where he is today. You know, the secret to success, it's not such a secret. Start. Just get started. If you have an idea or a new way of doing something, don't let others stop you from pursuing your dreams just because it's never been done before or it's never been done that way, doesn't mean it can't be done better. And Gary, with his determination to provide a better way, he's a testament to that. So go, go get started with that crazy idea. You might just change the world. Entree Architect is proud to be part of the largest, most engaged AEC multimedia network on the planet. Speaking of crazy ideas, Gable Media. We are curating thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. We are working to bring all the best AEC content to one place so you can find it. All of it, right? Big ideas, just go for it. Demetrius and I just got started and here we are, Gable Media. Podcasts and video channels. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at gablemedia.com that's G-A-B-L media.com last week at Entree Architect we introduced a free three module training program for you for the Entree Architect community you're invited to access build your brand basics right now at entrearchitect.com slash brand basics our friend architect director uh, well Entree Architect director of brand strategy host of Context and Clarity Live if you are in the Facebook group you probably hang out with him at 4 p.m. Eastern time. He's there every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Build Your Brand Podcast, he's the host. Jeff Eccles and I have been working very hard this past month to develop a new on-demand course for you to help architects find the work that they want and to earn the fees that you deserve. The Build Your Brand course, it's available right now at entrearchitect.com slash brand course. To introduce that new comprehensive on-demand training training program, we developed a separate free version for you right now and you can access it at entrearchitect.com brandbasics. It's a three module video training series where Jeff shares the basics of building a brand for your architecture firm. Follow those steps in those three videos and you'll be on your way to attracting the clients you want most. There's no catch. The videos are completely free They are there waiting for you. You don't even need to register with an email. No cost, no email. They're there for you. You're invited to access Build Your Brand Basics right now at entrearchitect.com slash brand basics. Go grab them while they're still there. Jeff and I, we've built them for you and we hope that you find them super, super useful. entrearchitect.com slash brand basics. Go build a better brand. Go build your brand. Be well, my friends, be healthy, be happy, safe, and secure. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and we will see you at the next one. Thanks for listening today. Love, learn, and share what you know.